1: G'day guys, welcome to Talking League, we're on NRL Fantasy Podcast, I'm your host TK and I'm here with my man, Andy. How you going TK? Jeez, am I excited for this. Yeah, it's going to be great. Tom Vaughan, it's not like, because we're big draft players, but we're still learning the ropes in classic, Like we, I think we're good pickers, pickers. Yeah, pickers. I'd say
2: just maybe a good analysis. Yeah,
1: but in terms of like learning the game, learning different rules every day pretty much and Trying to figure out things like you know when we drop players and kind of around the buys. So
2: yeah, the strategies is what I'm sort of more keen on. Um, get your notepads out, get your your ear out and listen, listen, listen. Yeah. He's got some great stats coming up.
1: Well, I thought I was good. I was taking all Benny's advice, got my team into the top two thousand. <laughs> kind of got a little bit too cocky. Now I'm about eleven thousand. I'm dying. <laughs> oh
2: look, you you had to take round three out out of it because I did that cop some injuries. Yeah,
1: I copped about three or four. But no excuses. But before we get to Tommy, please get involved. Talking League Hotline, 0284057947. All the girls jumped on today. Sorry, a couple of days ago. And love to hear more of that. So be regulars, even if you've done it before. Ring in again. We're going to be doing the Q&As weekly. And it's always great to have people involved.
2: No, oh, it's good. Obviously, it's good because... If fruits of people who are listening. So <laughs> that's good sign. <side. laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Social media Facebook, Instagram, Talking League Pod, Twitter, Talking League One, Andy underscore uh, Burden 89, JJ Corby, and Tristan underscore Nell. So give us a follow and we'll follow you back. In- we can have plenty of chats on the socials. Uh, before we get to that, what else did I have to say? Oh, I need to give away who's leading the competitions. All right, the oh, competition yeah. leaders, NRL Fantasy Talking League Cup on 2979 points is Get wrecked, Get wrecked, And Danny Melham. Danny Mellon. Yeah, so he has it, scored 1,016 points in round three. So very impressive, Danny. Ooh,
2: in the injury round. That's crazy. Ooh, it's
1: very, very good. He's killing it. And on the tipping, we've got two leaders. I think they've used their jokers, though. I think they're around 25 points. Ooh. Joe Curly and El Casparado.
2: El oh, Casparado. I like that name.
1: He might be Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> got a few listeners there. Shout out to the Fijians, too. They're they're boosting. We're number three in sports there. Really? Yeah. I I think
2: we've mentioned it before, but surely a little trip over there is in. in, Kiwi's actually making ground.
1: Top 50 in sports now, too. What about, was it
2: Somalia? We were pretty. pretty The Aussies are letting us
1: down. I think we're about 100th in in sports in Australia. Uh,
2: The real fans, listen, that's
1: fine. Yeah, yeah. And they get involved. All right, team. I know you're looking forward to this one, and let's bring him on. Tom Vaughn. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be introducing the 2020 champion of NRL fantasy. How good is this place? <laughs> Tommy Vaughn, Tom. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, mate.
0: Of course, good, good to be here,
1: mate. First things first. Now, being the champ, I told you the other day, and you said, you know, you've won it once, and I said, you're like Mike Tyson now. You're world famous. Tell me a little bit about life as the champ. Oh, it's 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 been it's
0: been a roller coaster since I won, to be honest. Just in, you know, the the whole the whole press run everything. No, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's good, you know. You've got a bit of a, a bit of extra respect amongst amongst your leg mates. So uh that that's never a bad thing. And uh, it's not it's not quite Mike Tyson, but <laughs> It's
2: not bad. <laughs> I can imagine. Do your mates sort of come in and call you the champ now, or?
0: Oh, they try not to, but yeah. I know. I know that I know they're thinking it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I and, can imagine, you know, mate. And... Hey, you take that title, you take it well. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Tommy, can you take us through like the final couple of minutes in the final game of 2020 that secured you? Like, how far were you ahead? Like, I know there's recalculations. Like, take us through that moment.
0: Yeah, so well, I ended up winning by about 140 points in the end. So the Sunday was looking pretty good. I remember the last game was a uh, Dragon Storm, and I think me and the only other guy who could catch me had the same plays in that game. But um yeah, we were the game before that was Warriors Manly, but it was already basically wrapped up by then. <laughs> um So we were just having a few beers at the pub, just watching the game and. Uh, just celebrating really all day. <laughs> did it turn into an all nighter? Um uh not quite. We were home reasonably early because uh I think the game started about two that day. So uh but yeah, it was a it was a good day.
2: <laughs> just stayed humble. The fact that you knew you won before it ended must have been brilliant. You was saying, um take yeah. it back to the start. So with your, your fantasy history, so did you go well in 2019 or what was your sort of um history
0: yeah so started playing in 2013 i think started around around 9 or 10 and was just playing for fun a bit with my mates but then i got really into it from like 2014 onwards and uh i've basically i've only missed the top 500 once in those like seven seasons from 2014 to 2020 um
2: that's some good stats which
0: is which is pretty pretty decent yeah and then, obviously, last year was my my best result by a
2: And how are you going this year? Sort of taking it all right this year?
0: Oh, not really, to be <laughs> honest. Sitting at about about eight k at the moment hasn't hasn't been the best start. But it's uh it's more the start I'm used to the the slow start and then do big gains during the buy rounds.
2: Yeah. Okay. So well, with with last year there wasn't wasn't any buy rounds. Did you sort of did yeah, that sort exactly. of come into play? Did you sort of go oh. Um, just go for a steamroll you didn't have to plan around it i guess
0: yeah exactly like so that was that was like my main switch my main like switch switch switcher strategy coming back from the the kind of the covid break in round three i was like okay there's no buys anymore it's just got to be however many trades you can do every week and just try and add you know an extra gun play every week and just because it was basically the race to the best team possible at that point yeah Okay. So that was kind of my aim. And luckily, I was already sitting in a fairly decent position about, I think, 500 after round two. So I was just able to um, really climb super quickly, just making really aggressive trades after that. And then I think it was around around seven or eight, it was the week where Mitch Moses had an HIA on about 10 points and uh, Cleary got 90. And that was the week when I kind of got into the top 10. And we just went from there.
2: Love how you can recall every round <laughs> as well,
1: Tommy. Before we rip into it's to it's some burned, more, it's into my memory. <laughs> before we rip into some more questions about how you play, tell us a little bit about how you found NRL fantasy and how you came up with your team name, which is a beauty. I like this race, don't? You? Uh, yeah. So I've actually I followed
0: AFL actually all my life, but. Um, Living in Sydney, it's hard not to get into the footy, and all my mates are into it. And they were, they said, Oh, yeah, come and come play fantasy. Uh, so I gave, gave it a go back in uh, back in like 2014, and um, yeah, I've just been hooked on it ever since. And the team names, it's an interesting one. Like, what I've been kind of doing over the last two years, I kind of give the team name to whichever player is like, you know, kind of the the golden boy in the team at that point. <laughs> um, but then I uh, was just watching one of the Eels games last year and I realised that every time, because you know Ray Stone, he's the, the kind of the bench player for, yep. the, for the Eels. Every time he would come on, Gus Gould would say, oh, I like this Ray Stone. He's <laughs> got a bit of mungle about him. <laughs> and uh, we thought that was pretty funny. So I ended up making it my team name and... Stuck it out for the rest of the season.
1: (laughs) No, that's good. (laughs)
0: Tell me, how much footy do you
1: watch over each weekend?
0: Um, I try to watch as much as I can. It's probably around four, five games, I would say. Um, Yeah, I only just got like KO this year, so that that means I can watch a few more. Um, But yeah, I try try to watch as, as much as I can.
2: You said you um were an AFL boy, boy, and now you've been watching the league. Have you converted, or are you still uh, AFL at heart?
0: No, no, definitely, definitely still AFL at heart. <laughs> um, so I do try and balance watching both. Can can make for a bit too much TV on the weekends, but that's all right.
1: <laughs> now, Tommy, you know you're late to rugby league, but you're a Titans man. What's yes. the story yes. behind you being a Titans fan?
0: Um. There isn't really one, to be honest. It was just kind of, you know, getting into the sport. I just had to kind of choose a team, I
1: guess, and no one else was really on the Titans, so, uh, especially
2: up in games, <laughs> The underdog. So.
1: It's taken them a few yeah. years. You've had a few swell days, but now you've got Fafita, you mate, got Fafita. Tino. Exactly. Looking, looking good this year. <laughs> finally going to pay off. All right, let's rip in. So, mate, how have you found kind of this year? Is it? do you once you win a comp is it is there more pressure or less pressure oh,
0: i mean i think there's definitely more pressure because you know you, there, there's no there's no real way up from where you are you just have to kind of try and replicate it and if you don't it's it's only down from there um but yeah i guess it is a bit weird you always think you can like yeah i can i can do back to back pretty easily <laughs> but then it's never going to turn out like that, is it?
2: You need the uh, the master coach Robo behind you. He just given that that hunger to win again.
1: Exactly, exactly. Do you have a secret team behind you? Do you have assistant coaches? Is there someone in the background <laughs> helping? You're like, I've, I've I've got one mate
0: who who likes to think he's the assistant coach.
1: But uh... do you want to give him a shout out, or is this kind of like the yeah. the whisperer? No, no. I'll, uh... Go, goes
0: by eggs traditionally. Uh, he likes to think, you know, he contributed a fair bit to the success last year. <laughs>
2: they all do. Like
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, he,
1: he plays his role. He plays his role.
2: <laughs> Very humble. That was a good answer.
1: Tommy, 2021 team, when we chatted, you don't have Cleary or Teddy. Can we no. talk about your strategy behind that? Because they're pretty much an institution in most big teams. They are.
0: Um, so basically, I never like to pick players that I don't think are undervalued unless um, I'm picking them as my captain. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this year, you know, obviously with the new rules, those points are a bit higher. So you're just looking for like, I was looking for like a player that could average 70 plus to pick as my captain. So I did have Cleary in my team for a while in the preseason. But then um, after seeing uh, Crichton's performance in the trial, I thought, yeah, he's he's back to his very best. He's going to do 70 this year. Yeah. So I picked him as my captain and there was no real reason to uh, have Cleary. Um, Plus there was, you know, a lot of value in the halves um, with guys like Brooks and Townsend. And, well, I had Lamb as well, but he wasn't much value. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, it was a similar thing with Teddy. I just didn't think there was any way he could go up from where he had been last year. And if he hadn't scored, you know, six tries in three games, he probably probably wouldn't, to be honest. So mm. but that's just, you know, how the game goes sometimes.
1: For sure. Now, you know, a lot of people don't pick players because they don't like teams. Like, for for example, Titans rivalry is probably Broncos. And for me, I don't really care, but a lot of people do. Do you have any philosophy? Do you have a coaching philosophy around maybe picking players, not picking maybe Titans players? Like, have you got your coaching philosophy? Um,
0: When it comes to, like... You know, picking a player that I don't like or picking a player that's on a team I don't like, that that doesn't really factor in at all, to be honest. Um, and I guess that's more, that's probably from, you know, coming to rugby league late. You don't really have, like, the full affiliation, I guess, with a team or affiliation with hating a team. So, and that, you know, probably benefits you in fantasy because, that you, you know, have a you can pick anyone you want. Mm.
1: Now, in, you know, I know that you listen to Talking Leg every week, but apart from us gibberers, sure, <laughs> what other kind of, like, resources? Do you do small amounts of research, large amounts? What's your sources here, Tommy?
0: Um, uh, back a few years ago, it was more in the, uh, like, you know, in the Facebook groups, like renegades and stuff. But yeah, yeah. don't really pay too much attention to those anymore. I really just go off, you know, the... The just the stats and uh, the team list, I guess, and then any injury news and then pretty much base all the decisions on that Um, and don't try and, you know, read too much into anybody else's
1: opinions really. Okay. Is there a correlation between – sorry, Andy, cut you
2: off. No, I was just saying so you sort of back your run your own show sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So is there a correlation between you leaving Facebook groups, not doing as much research and your performance going up Um, well, I guess if you look at last year, you could say
0: there definitely was, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think so. Um, but it would mainly like, cause that was really just cause I was just able to get like, um, kind of this, this full stats spreadsheet with like every game from 2014. So when you have that, what else do you really need? To be honest, you can just look up any play, any game, and uh, just use the stats from there. Where did that come from? Did you create that yourself? Uh, I think – I'm not sure. You might have heard of um, Steve Nichols. Passed away last year, unfortunately. Okay. Um, But he was one of the the goats of the fantasy community. He put that together um, for a few years, and then uh, I kind of added the stats in for 2019. Okay. And so, yeah, so that, that was, yeah, that was very handy to have.
1: Yeah. Nice one. Yeah, right. Now moving on in terms of kind of talk us through before the season starts, you know, we talked briefly about you having clearing your team before the season started, like, you know, you just talked about your stats. Now, do you rank players before the start of each season? Uh, in terms of like who I think
0: will finish as the top averages in each position. Yeah. Yeah. No, not really. I think that's that's way more useful for draft, which I don't really play. Okay. Um, I kind of just only look at the guys that I think will be relevant to the team uh, or relevant to be picked. I don't really look at you know the like try and look at everyone and then rank them.
2: Yeah. So more like yeah, I don't,
0: I don't really do that too much.
2: Base them on value or how undervalued they are, or to their their potential score considering their actual average.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Always look at, you know, how many points a player is underpriced um, and that's how, I guess, yeah, that would be how I rank players in yep. terms of how value, how much they could improve because that's, with the salary cap, that's really what the game's all about, I guess, mm.
1: when picking a turn. Tommy, so, I mean, moving on to kind of this year and the new rules and the speed of the game, for starters, what are your thoughts around the new rules?
0: Um. I like them. It makes it makes the game better to watch. Um, no one likes seeing, you know, penalty every couple of minutes and stops the game. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's led to much higher fantasy points, which is never a bad thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, probably the, the main thing I've found is like uh, middle forwards haven't really been playing, you know, there's not too many guys that play kind of 60-plus minutes in the middle Yeah, apart from maybe – uh, Gerbo or Isaiah And it just seems like, you know, halves just get points so easily this year as well. Um, uh, it just seems like they're just yeah. printing points this year.
1: The edges are quite uh, interesting, isn't it? Because there's been a lot of trends. Rooster's been doing a lot where their edges can move into the middle and actually defend as well. Doggies do it because yeah. they're just rubbish, but... A few of the other teams as well, it's it's interesting, you know, you just mentioned the, the middles, uh, sorry, the edges, but the middles, the quality of the good edges have become even more important, especially those dual guys, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, I mean, most
0: people, in terms of like the actual position, yeah, most people's edges should be reasonably locked with uh, Fafida and Crichton and Ricky at the moment. Um So, you know, what initially looked like maybe a bit of a tough position to pick uh, doesn't look so bad anymore. And it looks like, you know, finding good middle forwards this year is actually more of a
1: challenge when in the past, you know, you would just chuck three locks in there. Yeah. A lot of middle forwards averaging kind of that 38 to 41 sort of thing, they can't break past there, can they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I started with, you know, a lot of people had Tino, but then I had Christian
0: Welch as well, and both of them have just been very underwhelming. Have you punted them? Uh, no, nah, I've still got both of them. Uh, they're still <laughs> hanging around. Uh, may not make a pass this week though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How many trades have you used so far, Tommy? Uh,
0: I think I've used three. Okay, yeah, one I did. Eight. Yeah, I did. It was, yeah, I brought in Tezzy Neo after round one. Hold on, I can, I'll quickly look this up. And then, yeah, last week I made two more. Um, I actually got rid of Turpin uh, (laughs) because it scared me off.
1: (laughs) So did I. uh,
0: Yeah. And then, then, yeah, Lamb to Schuster as well last week, which was pretty good.
2: Lovely, wasn't it?
1: Mate, the biggest thing is people panicking and wanting to trade every week, use all those things. What advice would you have for everyone out there, especially early in the season about trades there, Tom? Um, so, well, the main thing about a trade
0: is like, you know, it's, there's one guy going out, one guy going in, um, and usually, you know, the person coming in is pretty usually easy to identify because it's like the kind of the high player of the week, but, um, the player going out can often be the tougher part because it's just, if you trade out someone who ends up, you know, um, turning the corner and going well, uh, there's, that's just a huge like opportunity cost there. Yeah. Um. So my main thing with trading players out is like you look at the role you expected them to have, and then the role that they've they've got, and if you know if the role isn't there, that's usually my signal to trade a player out, and I will do it like fairly quickly um, after I see that uh, the role isn't there.
2: Yeah. Okay. So you sort of have a look at the on the field and see if they're actually you know if they their role has changed, like you were saying, and then look you've got an example of a player that you've done that to either this season or last season
0: um so it's either it's either like a minutes thing like if you expected a hooker maybe to play 80 minutes and then they're not then you yeah, would get okay. rid of them or maybe it's a halves thing like you expected them to do the majority of the kicking but then they're not like uh someone i'm finding that with right now is luke brooks like i thought yeah. you know with adam dewey he would do you know 70 80 percent of the kicking but dewey's actually doing more kicking at the moment um, so even though Brooks is still averaging okay, uh, I'm probably looking to move him on fairly soon.
1: Tom, I was actually – I was looking at Adam Dewey today and I was just – same thing about the stats. And I know he scored a try last week, which probably inflated his score a little bit. But he's going to probably cop a dual position in a couple of weeks. And his pricing is much lower than kind of Brooks' is at the moment. So I'm nearly looking at doing a straight swap. Did you have any thoughts on Dewey? Uh, in for Brooks – yeah, it could be
0: interesting because um, obviously you'd be looking at his price. You'd be looking to buy him as the uh, the gun wing flag. Um And I guess, you know, everyone expects at the end of the season they would have Tedesco, Ponga and Pappenhausen. Mm. Um, but I don't think it's a bad buy because Tigers do play that first buy, uh, which you might factor in more now. It's round four. And, uh, yeah, he's no chance of origin either. So... I think he's not a he's not an awful buy. I haven't actually looked at him too much because um, he's what
1: he's. He's about 587 by me. Yeah, maybe.
2: 5. So he's pretty high.
1: Is it 87? 545. 45. That's even better. Yeah. He's a very interesting one. Is there anyone else kind of on your radar? Uh, 545, yeah. Did you get in the O'Sullivan and the Walker trade he, this week? Yeah. Could be Could be a decent buy.
0: So we're gonna be the laggy internet tonight. he hasn't he hasn't been that good in the past. He's kind of been that that high thirties guy. Yeah.
2: Sorry, there's uh, a bit of a connection
0: is that all good now. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Sorry, it's good we're good saying now, we're, we're unstable. Okay, to we'll change it up? Yeah, I was just yeah, um, yeah. You- I was just saying yeah, with her Sullivan in the past, he's more just been that high high thirties guy, and yeah. obviously he scored reasonably well last week, but uh. He had a few, I think, a bit of inflated numbers with like tackle breaks and meters, which he hasn't had games in the past. And uh, uh, with Walker, I'm pretty happy just to wait and see. Like,
2: Don't expect him to light the world on fire this first game. Hang on, mate. Just having a bit of a connection issue here. We all good now. Uh, I think so. It's clear now, TK. Jump in, boys. I think we're good now. Yep.
1: Okay. We're trying. We're trying. I that think out. it's actually our <laughs> end. <I> mean, sometimes <laughs> the MBN here is just really, really laggy. Yeah. But yeah. sorry, my question was about both Sam Walker and also Sean, Sean, o, Sean O'Sullivan. Did you, What's your yeah. thoughts around those guys?
0: Yeah. So yeah, I was just saying. So O'Sullivan. Um, He's more just being that like high thirties guy in the past, which probably isn't enough. And he did score well last week, but I think his numbers were slightly inflated. You know, he had a few a few tackle breaks, um, and he had about a hundred meters, which you wouldn't have like traditionally expected him to get based on his performance in the past. Um, but he is, you know, he is very cheap yeah. with a low break even now. And uh, Walker, I'm pretty happy just to kind of wait and see on him this week, just to get an idea of what his role is. Um, in terms of the kicking because Hutchinson has been like a reasonably dominant kicker in the past when he has played. Yeah. And given that Walker's only 18, you know, they might give more of the the um, the um playmaking duties to Hutchinson.
1: Bit of, bit also, of news actually, Tom. This afternoon, yeah. about half an hour ago, they're moving Hutchinson to nine. They're moving Manu to oh, really? six. Yeah. Wow. And they're moving no, missed, Brett Morris yeah. to the centers and Ikevalu onto the wing. Oh, that's huge! For that could change team, the game, man. eh? Because yeah, he'll be the only real general yeah. play kicker.
2: Even yeah, with, I mean, even with Hutcher, you don't even think like when's friend back? And Verrills is gone for another four to six weeks, so oh, yeah. he could could hold that role for another four weeks. Big time.
1: Yeah,
0: and if they and if they're doing that, even just for this week, it just shows that Robbo is backing in Walker to be that main playmaker. Yeah, true. So I actually, yeah, I think I actually might.
1: We could bring him in now. <laughs> do, a, do a live <laughs> trade, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. No, hey, that would be huge. Tom, what was uh, the best three trades that you did in 2020 from memory?
0: <sighs> best three trades. So number one would be Justin Olam. Uh, picked him up. There was that week where uh, Bradman Best got hurt and someone else got hurt, I think. And then, so I really, I needed to bring in, it was down to my last couple of trades and I needed to bring in uh, a center and then like a player as like the backup for the backs. Yeah. And so I wanted Stags as my center because he's just so good. And then, so that left me with about 300K for the backup. And obviously there wasn't too much down there, um, but I saw Olam and he'd scored, I think one try in the first 13 games of the season. Yep. And I thought, That's pretty weird, like storm centre only scoring one try and he's actually like a good player. Um, So I brought him in and then it ended up being in the games I played him in, he averaged about 50 points uh, in the four or five games I actually played him in. And so whenever I like needed to rely upon him to cover my centres, he just came in every time. Delivered. Scoring scoring tries in all the games and stuff. So um, that was definitely the best one. Um, in terms of the other the other trades, I guess oh, around three last year, I guess I brought in Tedesco, which was maybe a bit earlier than a couple of other teams. And then he had that. He had like a 90 and then 110. Jing-jing. <laughs> you know, jing. weeks straight after. Yeah. So that was, yeah, obviously just spiking something like that um, was huge. Um, And then... Yeah, I'm just trying to think of another trade that wasn't like, you know, just an obvious one because obviously, you know, bring in Harry Grant round three. <laughs> so that was just, you know, Did you jump on the McInnes bandwagon? Uh, no, I was actually fairly late um, to the McInnes one. Um, I know a lot of the other top teams got him in round three and that's why they were so high up. But no, I didn't get on him until about round 14 or 15, I think. Yeah, right. Okay. It was very, very late to having him.
1: All right, we've got some really good audience questions. So why don't we rip into that? We can just delete that one. Andy, and you take it away.
2: Um, We haven't got who's to ask these questions, but listeners will have a listen. Um, So do you intentionally have spare cash week to week for emergency trades? Uh,
0: No, no, I don't really look at that at all. I just kind of just uh, pick uh, the best players um, that I can get really and then how much cash I have is just – incidental i guess um because obviously the game is all about the players you have it's not about the cash in the bank
2: yeah okay so invest in that money yeah exactly exactly following tk's stock options (laughs) (laughs) um so how much footy or we think we've already asked this question about um how much do you actually watch or more into the numbers or both um and what positions are priorities
0: um so yeah as you can probably tell i'm definitely uh probably 90% uh, stats-based Yeah, uh, instead of what I actually see in the game. Um, but, yeah, the eye test is also important as well. Um, like like I was just talking about with Olam, he was definitely more of an eye test selection, like yeah, you watch okay. him and you can tell he should be scoring more tries. And uh, in terms of, like, priority positions, um, in terms of, like, where I spend my cash more, it's definitely, you know, more in the forwards and the halves. Um kind of the positions where you can see like see the value more it's more like concrete yeah. whereas centers in win fullbacks it's always more of a part so i'm yeah. happy to just go kind of the cheaper more popular guys and yeah. um just see what they can do really
2: um so basically uh, here's one what's the best way to separate yourself from the pack do you need to jump on pods early or what's any other ideas
0: Yeah, I think wouldn't necessarily be pods, but like just getting on even the more popular players early, um, even just being that week early, like you'd get you know the fifty or sixty points, and maybe especially if it's like a cashy, you'd get that fifty or sixty grand price rise, and then everyone would have him the next week. Yeah. So that would just eliminate the risk of the player entirely, Um, and probably the other one is like knowing when to avoid kind of those hype of the week players. Um, so an example of that last year was Luttrell probably. I think he had that, <laughs> that big game against the Storm. Yeah. And everyone was like, look, Luttrell's back, Latrell's back. The um But then, yeah, few 30s to the, the following few weeks.
2: <laughs> um, so basically uh, there's one of you saying, uh, what's the strategy when it comes to trades? Do you sort of – sort of want to keep two trades exactly for the end of the season so you can sort of change in and out or?
0: Um, no, not really. I generally aim to have maybe three or four once I've like completed the team, but it doesn't, doesn't usually ever turn out like that. <laughs> uh, it's always just, you know, be, be super aggressive with them, especially through the buy rounds now as well. Uh, just try and get as many points as possible early and then, Whatever happens at the end of the season happens, really.
2: Okay. Um, so this, I might ask this a bit differently. The last year to this year, um, last year it seemed to be the, there was a brothel strategy where you get as many hookers in your team <laughs> because they scored plenty of yeah. points. Have you taken that approach That's this year it. or?
0: Um, oh, not, not necessarily, but I do still have a lot of hookers in the team. It's just really, you know, are the players undervalued? Are they good picks? Yeah. If they are, then I'll get them in.
2: Yeah, okay. Um,
0: so, yeah, I, I did end up starting with, like, Braley, Turpin, Little, and Connor Watson. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I still had four in the team, but it wasn't necessarily just because they were hookers. It's just...
2: The value was there.
0: Oh, good picks. Yep.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, do you cover each position on the bench?
0: Um, I generally try to, but I wouldn't, like, force it with a bad pick. Um like to start this year, I think Yeah, I the only position I didn't have covered really was center. Um, but then that kind of backfired a bit. I had to trade in <laughs> Tezzy New in round two to cover James Roberts. Uh, so that did backfire a bit. So yeah, I think it I think you should always aim to have um, cover for each position on the bench.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Before we move on, what is the worst trade that you've ever done? <laughs> <laughs> ever done? Jeez. The um, <laughs> Is there a regret, regret trade?
0: Well, I can, I can go back to one from last year, which it was it was kind of a chain of trades, which was bad. So um, around mid-season, uh, I tried to jump on Brandon Smith uh, for that week where he started at hooker. <laughs> and that obviously didn't go well because he was back to the bench a couple of weeks later. But the guy traded out for him. Was a uh, big Luciano.
2: Oh no! And not the hundred club. He
0: obviously, yeah. It was I think two, or it was either that week or the week before that before he got a hundred. <laughs> um, and then yeah, and then Brandon Smith ended up having to go to Reese Robson, I think, who started not playing eighty as soon as I brought him in. Uh, so yeah, so that chain of trades
1: was just. <laughs> terrible at least you learnt mate
2: <laughs> yeah, well at least you'd come back and come back exactly. from that in, in <laughs> once it doesn't matter yeah the, you can see that I don't We're burn that much it. of an imprint in your head <laughs> no <laughs> um, okay so basically last year would have been very very stressful towards the end of the season how did you sort of um, what did you do outside of football to sort of either get your mind off it or take the pressure off being a, a, an amazing fantasy coach
0: oh uh, honestly, not. I mean, because I didn't really believe it up until like the last two or three rounds when I actually got into first, <laughs> and at th- th- that point, uh, that's when it was just so stressful, um, especially the last round. Uh, and yeah, to be honest, there wasn't there wasn't too much I could do to kind of stop stressing about it at that point. Um,
2: you just dive in,
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just just lock in hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Have they called you about Magic Round? It looks like it might be off now.
2: Oh yeah,
0: I know. Yeah. Um, it 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 was all set up, but uh, yeah, it looks like at this point they're either gonna have to move it or cancel it completely. And
1: you know, what can you do about that? Yeah. Who'd you and, choose? Who did you choose? And how yeah. did you choose who you're taking to Magic Round? <laughs> A lot of a lot of politics behind this one.
0: <laughs> no, nah, um, nah, it's just uh, just one of my best mates um, who also uh, loves the footy, plays fantasy as well. So, is
2: this, this the one you said was behind you, No, no. <laughs> oh, Iggy <Igzi>
0: got <laughs> he, didn't get, he Didn't get rewarded for his efforts. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so. No, hopefully it'll be on and uh, should be a decent weekend.
2: Look, there's the option that might go – look, I'm praying for a Bank West magic round. So if it if it happens yeah, and you go, we should definitely catch up for a couple of beers in Parramatta.
0: Definitely, definitely. What a, what a location.
2: Oh. <laughs> uh, um, when when you have a hunch that someone's going to have a big year, uh, or a hunch I suppose, uh, how do you qualify – so how do you qualify that when everyone's laughing at you, thinking that uh, they're just an option?
0: Um. Oh, it's always just with the stats. Like yeah. So you. If back I it can up. see, you know, based on a player's previous stats or kind of the role that I think they're going to get, um, then I can always just back it up with that, and then it doesn't doesn't really matter what anyone else kind of
2: yeah. Okay. Thinks of them, I guess. You just show them your champ ring. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly.
2: So um, with captains. So I guess last year was a bit a, a bit of an easy one to do, but. Are you were you a kind of pick and stick man before that, or um, did you just sort of pick accordingly to who they're versing?
0: Um, yeah, no, I've always just been set and forget. Um, and but that like the set and forget can often change in the early rounds. Um, once you identify the play that looks like the highest average in the year, yeah, okay. like you know a few years ago when when Damien Cook finally got that eighty minute role, it was pretty clear after three rounds. Going to be the the highest averaging player in the comp, so you just switch it to him. Yep. and same with same with Crichton a few years ago as well. Um, so yeah, gen, yeah, always go set and forget after you kind of see who the highest averaging player in the comp is going to be. Are you still likely that was hearts last year?
2: Are you still looking at um, Crichton being the pick and stick, or is Fafita sort of swung you with his massive scores lately?
0: Yeah, I am very tempted to switch it to Fafita. <laughs> he just looks like he's just going to get at least 60 every week the way he's playing at the moment. And especially with the Roosters' halves out, Like, because Crichton does rely on kind of those big players, I guess, the line breaks and tries to an extent um, mm-hmm. to be a good captain, not captain option. And if he's playing off kind of Walker and Manu instead of Kirian Lamb, I'm not sure. I think they could diminish a bit for him.
2: Yeah,
0: okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, without clearing, I'm definitely tempted to uh, switch it over to the feeder.
2: Especially with the feeder playing with under 13s, it looks like. Honestly, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he uh, runs at those halves,
1: it definitely looks like <laughs> that. I <laughs> probably should say round three now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, coming into round four, um, what are your sort of must have pickups? Are there any sort of hunting where is, you, know, you see massive value, especially with the injury list, I guess?
0: Um, well, I think after that news before uh, Sam who looks looks pretty good. I think he could even mm. maybe play him this week. Um, but apart from that, not really. I don't think. Um, not really any must I think uh, one guy I might bring in this week is a uh, McCulloch, just mm. because he looks like he's locked down that eighty-minute roll and he always scores. He always scores well when he plays eighty. Um, but I wouldn't say he's a must-have. That's just because I've got uh Dylan
1: Edwards out injured this week. So
2: got cash. I Ooh, can you just, got
1: Dylan um, bring him in there. So with Dill, would you? Yes. If he's out because he's going to be out somewhere between four to six, do you have a rule on him? Long you keep an injured player? Yeah. So I would. I'm pretty
0: aggressive with it. I would say two weeks is my maximum for keeping someone. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, even if it is, you know, one of the big guns, I just think if you keep someone for three or more weeks, you're just losing so many points. Yep. Um, yeah, so two weeks would be um, my my maximum for keeping a player. Okay.
2: And uh, supposedly you've got trades towards mid-season – are um, you a man that sort of looks at BEs and really low break-evens and sort of hunts for those players for the cash to be made or is it you sort of still stick to that role-playing um, value you see?
0: Um, yeah, I guess. I do. Yeah, I do look at the break-evens, um, but they would be more of like a, a secondary thing. Like I think, you know, you can't just buy every player with a low break-even. You have to be able to – have to be able to think that this player is gonna, you know, score reasonably well in the future. And I think with trading in players, you always have to be looking at guys that you would be comfortable to play in your team.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um not just have them in the emergencies because otherwise they don't they just don't really contribute that much um if they're only just sitting in the emergencies getting thirties or whatever. Yeah. Um so yeah, so I do look at them, but yeah, more more as that like secondary kind of decision making thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Three to go. What else we got, Andy? Uh, How many weeks do you give a player if you think you want to trade them? Or do you, like you said, you did mention you were pretty aggressive before. Is that also with bringing players in?
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really based on, based on that role, I guess. Like, um, if the role isn't there for a player that you have, then, and they're, you know, they're not scoring well, then I'd look to just get rid of them almost straight away. Yep. Um, but like you know, someone like Jordan Ricky earlier this season, you know, played 80 in round one, um, and previously, you know, he hadn't uh, scored that badly as he did in round one in the back row. And obviously, you see what he's doing now. Um, and yeah, uh, I guess similar thing with playing, with bring players in as well. Like if if their role is there and their point scoring is there,
1: then you want to buy them as soon as possible. Okay, I guess. Actually, before we move on, just one quick one, Andy, what's on my mind. I'll go on the, the website maybe once an hour. <laughs> How many times a day do you go on the website or the phone? Um, oh,
0: it would probably be uh, – it hasn't been as much this year, I guess. Uh, I'll have a – yeah, I'll go through it. I'll go through the team after lockout and then probably after team list as well. And then it'd probably be on on Thursday that I'd be on there for a bit, um, really just sorting out the trades and stuff, um, and then obviously just just refreshing scores all weekend, as everyone does. Uh, but
2: yeah, uh, this one's a good one. I'll, I like wouldn't mind this one. Um, so how do you balance between cash generation and points early around? It's obviously getting a high rank earlier, so is it not as important than making money, I guess?
0: Um, no, I would definitely say always prioritize points yeah okay. um, over cash. And so that's why probably that I mean, obviously, the, the most key players in the game are the cashies that you can play in your team yep. because <laughs> they're going to contribute both things. So that's why, you know, like Schuster last week, you could see you're probably going to be able to start him And he's going to make a ton of cash. And maybe similar with, I guess, Walker this week. Um, Could be a similar type of guy. So, But, yeah, I'm definitely always looking to get points in instead of guys that could make cash. But ideally, you know, you get guys that will do both.
2: Yep, those jewels.
1: All right, we're down to our final one. And this is the big one.
2: Yeah, I suppose it didn't happen last year, but you can probably give us a bit of insight to your previous years. Um, and how, how do you go about buy planning do you have a certain number of plays that you sort of want to bring in uh, from the start of the season or do you, do you focus on who's playing in the first buy before you pick your players or is that coming in uh, towards the buy
0: uh yeah not not so much in like the initial team I guess I would more use it as like a like a tiebreaker yeah um like if I was you know had a decision between two players and that's like kind of why I went uh Dylan Edwards to start the year instead of someone like Luttrell just because he wouldn't play origin and he plays the first buy and obviously that hasn't worked out too well but (laughs) that's that was one of the reasons why I made that choice um but yeah once it gets to like you know three four rounds or even even five rounds out from buys you pretty much only bring in players um that will play that first buy and I think something that we saw in 2019 um was that players started to be managed way more heavily. Yeah. Um, especially like Tedesco was probably the main one, probably played two games over that origin period. Mm. Um, so one of the plans I did have for last year, which didn't eventuate, but also coming into this year, was like just just trade out the origin guys, even if they're guns. Um, just, you know, use the trades to get them out because you could make up easily like 200 points over that period. Um, if you get a guy that would could probably even play um, three, four extra games over someone like Tedesco. And because also in that period when the Origin guys did play, they weren't playing at 100% and they weren't scoring as well.
2: Yeah, okay. Um,
0: so,
1: yeah.
2: So think, always yeah. kind
1: of on the, on the lookout for those fringe guys like the Alex Twiles and there's a whole heap of them that are really good players but probably mm-hmm. won't be in that Origin team, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're,
0: they're always the risky ones, the guys that are on the, on the fringe of the team. Um, Like someone like that this year would probably be like Carrigan, you know, you kind of have to wait until that first origin game to see if he's in the team before you bring him in.
1: Yeah. Um, And there's always a chance that one of the teams is going to lose game one too. So he might not play game one, but he might play game two. So it's a bit of a crazy sort of thing. So it's nearly a void. Yeah. That's that's a bad thing about both Ryan Pappenhausen and Latrell Mitchell this year because they're right on that border too.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They'll, they'll both be very close
2: because everyone's got both, probably.
1: <laughs> yeah. Actually, any any more questions for Tom before we?
2: Oh, so I know you don't play draft, but um, with with our draft, whenever we come He's to not the fixing this... your team, mate. No, no, it's more or less. because uh, <laughs> when whenever we play towards the end, it's the the. Issue of resting players towards the end of the season. So if you've got players in a good team, they like they rest Pappenhausen or one of the gun players that you'd have. Um, Has has that sort of affected you in the past? Like it's we're we're almost like we want to bring our final a week before just so it makes it a bit more even. But um, has it affected you? Like coming into the last rounds?
0: Yeah. Well. I play draft like NFL fantasy, Mm. and we always set our final for like the second last week.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, just because that last round, you know, all the good teams rest their players, and it just makes it a bit of a mockery, really. But yeah, we did see last year um, Panthers and Storm basically played complete second teams, and cost me the (laughs) grand (laughs) final. Yeah, it kind of just ruins the game, especially in draft. Mm. I mean, um. I guess, yeah, it's a bit, bit more easy and classic because everyone has those players, not yeah, just one Yeah,
2: true, person.
0: true. Uh, so it's just like how you manage that brings brings a bit more strategy into the game. But, yeah.
2: Actually, I've got one last one. Um, so we did have um, Ben Shimshel on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, did, was there any sort of uh, any banter or something over socials between the, like the high top three or five or was this sort of kept play the quiet game?
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely for me. I was just just keeping it quiet. <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't really reach reach out to any of them. Um, it would have been pretty funny too, but you know, looking you back, I guess if you if you talk yourself up there and then and then don't end up winning, you uh, you put a lot on the line there. Uh, so yeah, just just kept it quiet last year.
1: Awesome. Well, Tommy Vaughan, I like the Ray Stone champion of 2020. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, mate, and dropping some knowledge, mate. I think we're all going to improve after that one
2: for no, It's sure. been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on, mate.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having
2: me. Anytime.